Katie Henriksen, and you're listening to my podcast, Sound Off, on music challenging the status quo. In each episode, I explore creativity at the intersection of art, music, and literature to dig into what that work and the people making it tell us about life and the 21st century. Today's guest is harpist Bridget Kibbe, who's been described as the Yo-Yo Ma of the harp. She has a new album out tomorrow, that's October 13th, on the wonderful label Pentatone. It's called Crossing the Ocean. She commissioned contemporary composers who span the globe to write music specifically for her, resulting in a mesmerizing kaleidoscope of sounds that meld classical to folkloric traditions. I can't wait for you to hear our conversation and some of her music. is really a take on synthesizing two elements, which is an old-timey music box. I think, you know, you wind it, the disc goes round and round, and elements of somewhere that can't quite be coined. I think that's David's, David Bruce's forte. Is he's, he's really interested in, in folkloric music, but he has his own specific language. So in this case, to me, it evokes Venezuelan joropo, Colombian joropo, music of the plains, um, mixed with this old tiny music box sound where the harp becomes this old instrument that's twirling in a waltz, you know, fast three. And then I think David Bruce, he just has this incredible understanding of the resonance of the harp. And he uses all of these really powerful layerings to almost become a modern sati. And so I think you put all that together and you end up with three tracks where, you know, you can hear the music box, you can hear elements of Horopo, a uh, bit of a wink to it, but then it's high flying, it's fast. It's the most challenging piece I've recorded to date. Um, and it's so much fun. I had a really good time putting together and writing a music video treatment for it because I wanted to really pay homage to some of the amazing Horopo dancers in New York City, music box, and also my love of salsa dancing. <laughs> so I put all those elements together um, in a really fun music video to highlight David's David's title track. Um, and also worked with the amazing Hodopo dancer, Daniel, Daniel Batequa, and um, a friend of mine that I work with a lot, Samuel Torres, who shredded on the maracas. So it was a fun kind of pulling together of, I guess, associative elements in this dream state um, mixed with this really exciting track. So I was really excited about approaching composers that I feel have this beautiful merger of high art meets the folklorique, because I think that's kind of an area where I like to swim and I feel the harp is showcased the best. You know, the harp is really considered this classical music instrument in my circles and that it was developed, you know, the end of the 19th century and W.C. Ravel took it into this wonderful world of, of composition. And it's actually, the harp is much older than that. It's existed all over the world and many different iterations. You have the Turkish kanun, the Egyptian harp, the Israeli lyre, the Celtic harp, um, you know, the Chinese jeun, and after Columbus sailed the ocean blue, for reasons good, bad, and ugly, you have the harps and guitars of Europe coming to modern-day South America to create the Genera tradition, um, Paraguayan harps, Colombian harps, you name it. So I, I really like the mixing of these different traditions. And so when I was thinking about who to ask to write for the harp, 
I had a couple things in mind. The first was which composers have a really wonderful understanding of the canon of classical music and all that comes with that, the, the structure, the harmony, counterpoint, Bach, Debussy, Stravinsky, Bartok, but who also could potentially look back at their, their own native folk music to use that as a point of inspiration. Um, so the result was six composers, Kati Agoch, Kinan Azme, David Bruce, Abner Dorman, Piquita de Rivera, and Duyun, and they all have completely different approaches to composition. Um, and it was just exciting. The result was just really a mix of these different sound worlds in which I get to swim on the harp. And I, I like the, you, you mentioned Satie, maybe, maybe what, what are the elements of this composition that you feel like make it so relatable to Satie? I think Satie sat, was comfortable sitting in a harmony for a while. And so even though, you know, Satie's repertoire that I know kind of evolved slowly in meditative fashion, David's is definitely moving, okay? It's obviously a really fast track, but it's still the harp. you got that resonance whirring around. So you feel like you're being lifted up 20,000 feet and you're watching this train go by. So I kind of like that element of like the meditative feeling of there's a groove, right? The train is moving at a similar pace, but you're like a bird flying above looking down. I also think David Bruce reminds me of Satie because Satie was really influenced by the World Fair and hearing the gamelan and a different mode, a different way of expressing music that wasn't necessarily entertainment, but was more meditative. And so I think, although this track has a lot of flash to it, there's definitely meditative elements to this track. And ironically, a lot of the record feels like that to me. It, it, even if it's moving fast and there's a lot of groove to it and verve, it to me, it has a meditative feeling because you can listen to it, you're taking a walk, and you're kind of ushered into these different sound palettes.
That's Energetico, the first movement to David Bruce's Kaya de Musica from Harvest Bridget Kibbe. It's off her new album, Crossing the Ocean, which comes out October 13th on Pentatone. I'm Katie Henriksen. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Sound Off. Remember to subscribe and review me wherever you receive your podcasts. As a listener, you know I always want to discover the ways that musicians and composers fall in love with the form. Oftentimes, as with me, it begins with Suzuki lessons early on. That's the case with Kibbe too. So I grew up in one of those families, now we're talking rural Ohio, okay, Northwest Ohio. And my parents, when they were younger, didn't have the funds to have music lessons, but they both had artistic talents. So when us three kids were born, they were like, everyone is gonna have the opportunity to take piano lessons. So I was I was studying like Suzuki piano. We had a great Suzuki piano teacher in my hometown by the age of three, because I'm the youngest of three. And I watched my older siblings, of course, you say, I want to do that, put me in coach. So I was playing the piano and then um, it came time to play in middle school band. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna play the oboe. So I play the oboe. And then when I was nine, my family was attending this church in the middle of nowhere. And a woman was up front playing a gold harp. And I was mesmerized by the way it looked and sounded. My dad looked over, he noticed, he's like, you wanna try it? And he was thinking, you know, it's, a, it's an easy transition from piano to harp. Of course, he had to buy one, move it around. When I went to college, he's like, don't call us, we'll call you. <laughs> but I fell in love with practicing the harp. I mean, I was already like involved in a million things, like playing all these instruments, dance. But when I was with the harp, my fingers had direct contact with those strings. I could affect the articulation, the color of the instrument in a way that felt very personal, private, special to me. And I, I realized that I, I really love to practice. I love to practice and perform in the heart. Um, and I think that direct, you know, kinetic, physical connection with the instrument, you embrace it, you feel the resonance on your chest. It's, it's very emotional. It's powerful. Um, I was really hooked from a young age to the instrument and knew pretty early on that that's, that's what I wanted to do with my life. Let it, let's go, let's talk about Duyun's piece a little bit. Yes, so Duyun gave me a score, but it was very much open. And so there were definitely um, elements of improvisation in this one piece. I remember her coming to my apartment and saying, just improvise, and she recorded it. And then she parsed out sounds she liked put them on paper, gave a structure to it, and then said go. And I think what's exciting about that is that she has a lot of different kind of more extended techniques. I think a lot of the repertoire on the disc, it's, it's like, oh, it's recognizably a harp, even though the harp is evoking other things. In her piece, 
I think the harp is really evoking the Chinese zhen, mm. where you have like these bent pitches. And she was really interested in the sleeve dancing that comes with um, kind of the drama of live performance of that repertoire. And so this is more, you know, she takes you to a different world. It's aleatoric, it's meditative, but it's like, it's like an open improv to me with like these structural colors that she's put on the score saying, you know, here, here's a group of pitches. Um, but it wasn't a traditional score in that sense. So that was the one piece that really was a great challenge for me because it took me out of, you know, a fixed score into something that's more like, here are these playing cards and you're going to mix, mix and match them together to create this world. But then it was so clearly her language and her voice and her stamp because all of these colors that she notated on the page were evoking this instrument, this tradition, um, these specific sounds and associations.
a movement of Duyon's The Ocean Within. That's Bridget Kibbe Harp off her new album, Crossing the Ocean. It comes out October 13th on the wonderful Pentatone label. I'm Katie Hendrickson. You're listening to my podcast, Sound Off. Today's special guest is none other than Bridget Kibbe, who mentioned early on in my conversation with her about shredding on the harp. It's not exactly a phrase I'm used to hearing for the instrument. Um, well, I'm I'm a dancer at heart. I've definitely been salsa dancing in New York City many nights. So I feel the kinetic energy of that. I think the harp is like, in many ways, a massive guitar. Um, and a lot of the projects that I perform in, I act like the guitarist, so to speak, with, you know, percussion, clarinet, violin. And I've improvised, learned to improvise within modes or over like subcomplex polymeters or rhythms. And so it's kind of gotten me outside the harp and into a certain world of improvisation, whether that's, you know, the genera tradition, cumbia, horofo, maracadu, frevo. And then I've had composers write concerti for me. Um, most recently, Joao Luis, who's an amazing Brazilian guitarist, but also composer, who basically put the sounds of Recife Carnival on the harp. And that just requires, you know, you've got to be in this group that does not move because the orchestra depends on it. And it's just been cool. Like I said, you know, initially, it's like watching a train go by that's moving at a very fast pace, but you're 20,000 feet up in the air. So you get outside of your head and outside the technique and you're just grooving. I think that's the thing, you know, for the the greater good. You're creating these big shapes, um, but the groove is constant. And um, it, it's, it's really cool because you're kind of transcending yourself in that moment for the sake of the rhythm and or the melody or the structure of the piece. And so I think... When I'm in my zone of shredding, that's what that feels like. You're still making all the great sounds, all the good things, but you're not really thinking about it. You're kind of 20,000 feet up, watching it go by. Um, it's kind of a mecca spot for me. <laughs> that's Bridget Kibbe discussing the harp and her new album, Crossing the Ocean, out October 13th on Pensatone. I'm Katie Hendrickson. You've been listening to Sound Off, which explores creativity at the intersection of art, music, and literature to dig into what that work and the people making it tell us about life in the 21st century. Sound Off, solely produced by me, is part of the Critical Frequency Podcast Network. Keep up with all things Sound Off online at soundoffkaty, that's K-A-T-Y, dot com you can sign up to my accompanying Substack newsletter. That includes extras, including extensive playlists I handpicked just for you. I'd love to connect with you there or on Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to receive my next episode as soon as it drops. My guest next time is composer, performer, activist, and just all-around amazing person, Jerome Ellis. He has a new album coming out on NNA Types that just is miraculous. It's coming out in December. I can't wait to share that conversation with you. Until next time, I hope you continue resonating with that great force of music. Music.